0: You've got a wealth of options. So uh, for you, what are you looking for in an org? What What is the path that you want to have in front of you?
1: Um, So honestly, I would love... Ladies and gentlemen,
2: welcome back to another Bot Lobby podcast episode. I don't really know what number it is, but it doesn't really matter. I'm your host, Grandmaster Goes, joined by my co-host, Katie Bedford. Katie, how are you doing today? We have a very exciting guest to bring on, but we got to check in before we get there
0: i'm good i'm good uh we've been spending a lot of time together this month we will continue sure. to spend a lot of time together this month because we got a lot of gigs a lot of a lot of war zones some other stuff that's going on and uh yeah we just finished up a uh an event yesterday the uh battle of the titans a la call of duty and if was a ton of fun so i'm good i'm good a little a little tired but uh nothing that a uh, drink can't fix so we're sure
2: i love that yeah no it's been a blast we had two events this week together we've got freaking like four next week or something stupid so a lot of call of duty a lot of other titles as well coming but today we are talking call of duty we're talking warzone as per usual talking competitive warzone as per usual we had two tournaments this week both of those tournaments were won by same people for the most part one of those people, we're going to just jump straight into it, is a man, the wonder kid. If you don't know who he is, where have you been? Z Smith official. Uh, we're going to be calling him Smitty all day today. This man is a legend among men. And look, he's talented in his own right, has has kind of come up and, and grinded through the scene to get to where he's at right now. And there's a lot of reasons we wanted to have him on the podcast. And he just so happened to win both the tournaments this week to set it up perfectly to join the podcast. But In terms of introductions, look, the guy's a legend, very talented, and uh, is on the smaller side, but is making a huge push into, you know, content creation, streaming, and was recently on uh, uh, this organization, I'll call it like a mid-tier org, called Omit. A lot of you may not be familiar with them. They have a lot of really sweaty Warzone players, a part of their squad recently uh left omit and is open for signings for major orgs and we're gonna be talking a lot about that with him today so without further ado let's jump straight in with smith and uh smith we've got you live brother
1: how are you doing thanks so much for joining us i'm doing good i uh i'm a little bit tired because that adrenaline running through me last night was, uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was laying in bed i was like i don't know i was sitting in my setup and like it just towards the end of the night i was like all right like i'm ready for bed and then i just laid down and i was like yeah i'm not falling asleep for a few hours <laughs> yeah
2: i i feel that man you you guys were twisted yesterday and, and on tuesday i mean before we get into anything else katie i feel like we should just let's let's rehash mm-hmm. those two events You smith kind of take us through let's go back to tuesday um you know 2v2 event interesting format it was ground loot only take us through kind of uh your thought process with Aiden of course no secret we've already said it you and Aiden won that event together in a um pretty impressive fashion but kind of give us some insight of what you guys were thinking during that
1: event um honestly I think it so the thing with me and Aiden even in like regular 2v2s and whatnot and wagers is like we split a lot and I mean I've heard you guys say it even like when I'll go back and watch like the broadcast or whatever. Like there's some times where Aiden and I will leave peak, we'll grab loadout and we won't say a word to each other until we're in zone six and there's four people left. And it's either like, we're, you know, it's a close game or it'll just be like, Aiden will just randomly like say one thing. He'll be like, either I'm dead or I'll say I'm dead. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Or it'll be, or it'll be we're up 15 kills or we're up like 18 kills. Like, it's uh, it was a little different though with the ground loot, um, because I mean, one, it's a BR, so it's RNG. The ground loot is even more RNG, so uh, it was uh, it was a little sketchy at first. But once we like got in our groove, I think um, just having that tough matchup versus Husk and noobs first round. I think that was actually best case scenario for us, um, because it really prepared us for the rest of the tournament. And we just kept doing our same thing that we would do before loadout drops, just drop in peak, fly out and just fragged out. We did stay together a lot more in it though. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: yeah, well we noticed that especially too was uh, as those lobbies went on uh it seemed like we we could watch in real time the adjustments that players like you guys were making as those lobbies were getting more difficult um and to set the stage to everyone who's just coming in um z smith won two tournaments this week uh, the first day of O's battle for the crown day one with aiden uh and then the battle of the titans win with aiden and knight just yesterday but when we talk about that you said that, that Noobs and Huskers, uh, 3 2 win in that first round really set you up for the rest of the tournament. Um, how do you guys feel? Uh, once you got through kind of that middle part of the tournament, you get three O's on a Tommy and Almond and onto Breadman and Joe Woe. Uh, but three O's don't tell the whole story, right? Because at least when it came to Tommy and Almond, um, though that was a very close 3 0. Uh,
1: yeah. When I knew we were playing Huskers and noobs and I just look at the bracket and like, I feel like the last few brackets we've had has just been like so heavy on our side. Um, and when I knew we were playing, like most likely, like you look at the brackets, you always look at the favorites, like who you expect to play. We were expecting Tommy Nolman second round. Um, I think I actually saw Tommy come in my chat and do, like, map count or whatever to see what it was. And once... uh, I think there was, like, one game. It might have been map one. They died, like, a little early and we just ended up backing out of the lobby just to not make him wait or whatever. Um, That was, like, the only game that could have been not close. Uh, But who knows? Yeah. And then map two, I want to say, was... Was it map two or was it map three with that, like, super back and forth where they both full died and, like, we clutched up? I I think we
2: are
0: Kind of like the story of the tournament, Goj, was the swings, whether it was your matchup with Tommy and Almond or especially in that grand final was, like, who is going to full wipe at the worst time? and can yeah. other team capitalize on it because that's also i mean that happened to you and aiden in the grand final in maps two and three you get those full wipes and uh biffle and super evan are able to capitalize on them pushes it all the way to that map five and then it's their turn to get that full wipe but it really felt like that was kind of a linchpin moment in a few of these rounds
1: yeah uh- um <clears throat> when tommy and almond uh in that game where it was like super high kills i think i had like third i finished the game with like 31 yep yep, yep. um that game was crazy from the start because i'm pretty sure that yeah that was the game where they dropped uh factory i want to say mm-hmm. uh right around, or it's arsenal that, that and sounds they were, correct they were going crazy over there and me and aiden just like Our whole thing is, like, we just like to stay consistent. It's, like, the same thing with Customs. If you're not consistent on a drop spot, like, who knows what will happen. Um, So we just said, like, we'll go peak. We ended up fragging at peak, but, like, even the start of the game, I think we were down, like, nine kills, and then we were somehow up, like, seven, and then we were down, like, six, and then we were... It was literally, like, it wasn't just, like, one kill, three kill swings. It was, like, eight to ten kill swings the whole game. Um, I remember me... Ben and Tom were actually all in docks at the same time, just getting team wipe after team wipe. Like, there's the most people I've ever seen there. Like, I was on, like, 17 with 90 up, and they were on, like, 30 kills already. And then we all ended up dying there. And then, like, it just playing them just really prepped us for, like, the whole thing. Yeah, Um, sure. Uh, Made...
2: God no I, I great it's great great points I mean we were talking about it before too, Smitty like in in off broadcast it was was watching the actual bracket unfold was super interesting I mean you said it at the very beginning I mean you guys were on the stacked side of the bracket on paper it's Warzone. anything could happen anybody can win always that's that's always the caveat the
1: US, they,
0: they had the hardest oh. there were varying degrees of difficulty but their bracket
2: was extremely difficult oh it was it was obscene right like you're playing you know some of the best duos in the game and specifically when you're looking at this bracket and saying, okay, not everybody is with their duo, right? Like, we could talk about Unrational and Scum and having to split up. Like, you know, they've got an easier side of the bracket because the chemistry is not necessarily there. I mean, you're having to play Huskers and Noobs, Tommy and Allman, Joe and Breadman, and then Super Evan and Biffle. Like, I mean, it literally doesn't get harder than that. Like, who else are you going to add into the mix when it comes to 2v2s that have the Kim, you know, besides you guys?
1: Yeah, literally, like, that's what I said. If you look at it, what is that? So, that was, we played four duos. We would, like, be a fifth. The only other, like, duos that you would, like, put into that is, like, FIFA Jukies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Scumman and Gary, but they're, like, they weren't together. Um, Swag Booya, who was in the tournament, but they played Biff and Ev first round. Yep. And the only thing I was worried about in that whole tournament was us getting to the finals like i hate moving quicker in the bracket Mm -hmm. because in my eyes it kills your momentum and it kills like because we sat down and we watched it and i told Aiden i was like i was like i don't really want to stop shooting my gun (laughs) so i just stayed i kept playing rebirth like i just i wanted to just stay warm because it just it really kills your momentum and that was the only thing i was worried about going against biff and ev but uh No, yeah, I was actually excited for that matchup. I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) it was fun to watch. I mean, it was it was the slayers,
2: you know, some of the best best slayers in the game, right? Like there's there are two v two teams that can win often because they're very strategic and good at rotations etc and like you guys are obviously really talented at that but those four players like you aiden uh, you know biff and super Evan, i mean that those are the lobbies that you watch you're like oh this could be a world record lobby if if it everything goes their direction you know what i mean like those are the fun ones because it is it gets crazy um sometimes when when biff and, and super Evan are involved but um anyways great win you guys went you know uh, map five win in in the first round 3030 had to wait a, a long time you stayed warm and then you won in the finals uh i, I want to jump forward into the next tournament briefly before we get into some more org conversations Let, let's spend some time talking about battle of the titans because it was a really interesting format different format than maybe i originally expected when i saw the title um and but it was rebirth and you guys came in with the same squad that you've been working with for the last couple of big tournaments, right? Like you came in with Aiden and you came in with Gorgo Knight as your third. Um you 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 ran the same squad in NYSL, um adding in, I believe, uh who was your fourth in that one? I don't have much sheets up (laughs) Dill Dill was your fourth in that one. And then the same squad for C D L R. So a lot of chemistry has been building up. Talk to me about rebirth. Talk to me about your rebirth team and what you like about them. of course you've found some success over the
1: last couple tourneys. Um so honestly my whole thing, the thing with me and Aiden, which is like, I feel like the worst is we're both very like, I don't care, I don't care, like we can play <laughs> yeah. with whoever. Like back, of, it's like even with like drop spots and stuff in everything. Um, so when Aiden asked me, because it was what came first, was it the Baka or was it the CDLR?
2: Uh, Baka, right? B- Baka's main event was before CDLR finals.
1: <clears throat> so. I Yes, it was. I, yeah. So I remember we had wind of the uh, CDLR tournament. And we were just like, at that point, we were thinking. And I was like, all right, uh, who do you want to play with? And he's like, "Um, I'm not too sure, blah, 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 We were just thinking of some people. And I remember for the CDLR one, the way we thought it was going to work is we thought it was going to be, you ha- like, you couldn't be on a CDL org and play for a different team. So, like, we would have expected, like, you know, if you were on rock or you had to play for rock or if you were on bubble blah and so on and so forth. So the initial <laughs> team that I said to Aiden right off rip was, I was like, all right, I was like, let's ask Biffle and Evan. I was yeah. like, is they're both not on CDL orgs? I was like, I'm not on CDL org. I was like, and you have my, I was like, it would be me, you Biffle and Evan. Um, and we were actually supposed to do that team until like more, we found out more and then they went obviously like as expected with where they had chemistry. Yeah, um, sure. and then i was like let's get night the guy we all know he has like his pro background in cod he's he's a rebirth main um he did damage in verdansk back in the day i don't know if yep. you remember his like 1v2 and like versus joe and someone like bro i was i was, I
2: was casting I, I don't know if it was that event that you're referencing but briefly i remember the first time i ever met Knight was it was a 50k team diverge tournament like way back in the day it was my first big cast and he put some of the big names on skates and it was like yo knight what the and he was like dude i'm
1: just doing my thing out here like trying to get yo hit that grind (laughs) yeah he uh and that was my first thing and then i was like for the fourth i was like i don't really know and then i think we i don't even know how we ended up getting dill i'm not gonna lie um (laughs) Because I think it was more like I pick one, Aiden picks one. Yeah, sure. And then after that, uh, we just like we just vibed with Knight. Knight was really good vibes and stuff. Like
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think we ended up playing the the Baka one with Knight, <clears throat> or no, we played that with Hisoka. Because we had that crazy last game that jumped us from like ninth to fourth yeah i can yeah, uh, i can that, also pull up my sheet if that is helpful
0: that feels like it's an aiden staple to be frank uh, the amount of times that i have cast aiden in tournaments from verdance to caldera till rebirth and he might be trailing in a custom and then without fail in the last game of every custom tournament he will have some outrageous banger game with high kills and a win and skyrocket himself somewhere into the money
1: yeah. yeah, um, but no, we just like we really felt good about picking Knight up and stuff. And I just I've always like love Knight. Like he's always good vibes. He's he's never negative. Like he, we were also looking for like an IGL because me and Aiden never really IGL with each other. Um, and that's really like where we just started clicking. And then when we played that fifty k NYSL event like with Danny, we were just we were just frying and i was like okay like like this this trio is gonna work for rebirth especially because that seems to be coming like the new move yeah sure um yeah a, a lot of those a lot of the big tournaments
2: are starting to air towards rebirth i mean we've seen that a number of times right it's it's kind of we've kind of left caldera customs at least for some time now it's always ebbs and flows in warzone comp scene right it's like it'll be only caldera customs and then people were like let's go back to 2v2s and then rebirth comes up and we run a bunch of rebirth and people are like please let's go back to caldera like it'll ebb and flow all the way up to warzone 2 but um but yeah you're right rebirth has become this new thing and you found a lot of success with Aiden of course all across the board but bringing you knight it was is definitely the thing that uh, katie and i were talking about on broadcast like you said it perfectly like knight's the igl right like he's telling you hey this is what we're doing this is how to do it and you guys just go out and execute um you know briefly
0: does he go to really quick just to cut in before I-, I don't know if maybe you're going on the same thought process as me but um how much does he actually igl and provide and provide that input
1: um <clears throat> so there's definitely times when he like says something and it's like we're like uh, a little sketchy about it. Um there will come in times like where I'll call like a rotation or two. and just it it's really with rebirth too, people are respawning. People are dropping in everywhere, and it's like you gotta pay attention to the skies at all times. And there's like times like we'll be in three different buildings looking three different directions, and we'll see someone that they don't or yep. whatever, and they'll call a rotation. So you really have to make sure your teammates know what you see. Um, But Knight would probably, he probably IGLs like 80% of the time, I would say. Um, Pushing through buildings, what teams we should push out, like buying back, gas plays, and, and then just like rotations and stuff. It just depends on who sees the better rotation sure that, that makes a lot of sense yeah i was gonna
2: say like definitely some igling was showcased on main broadcast but it was more so just you know the question i had really for your trio um and, and that would expand into any quad like the fourth that you add on to that trio i'm assuming you guys will continue to play rebirth i don't know why you wouldn't um fraternities together But um, with that trio, like, we've seen a number of strategies from main broadcast where you kind of send either one or two players out in, like, an aggro position and having one play a bit more patient to make sure you get those respawns. Um, And I saw it kind of just depending on the circumstance. It it looked like each of you played each of those roles a number of times throughout the tourney. Is there anybody that kind of plays that, hey, I'm going to make sure everybody respawns roles usually, or is it just
1: circumstantial? Um as expected it's usually me (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like like aiden said it um the other night like i'm not a very i'm not passive but i just like i like to just play like smart um i guess in rebirth i do play a little ratty but i mean it's kind of if your team if your team's full dead like you don't want to get thrown out right away yeah exactly Um, and there's just like these couple spots that i found where i'm just like this spot like I'm just farming people coming out of the sky. Like, I'll see the same name in the bottom right. Uh, and I forget who I was in. Some of, uh Jesse Cooks is like, Hey, she's like, uh, thanks for killing me six times on the same roof the <laughs> other day in Rebirth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would lose Paul if I were Jesse and that happened to me.
1: But, um, no, yeah. I mean, there's a couple times like I've gone rogue, like <clears throat> that end game where I had like 14 the other day, like mm-hmm. they were both pinched behind like a thing and I was like, all right, we had a UAV up. Those two teams are fighting and fighting and I don't even know what that building is. Um, I think it was like TBE and whoever is fighting over there. And I pushed over on like by myself. I was like, all right, I'm pushing this. Like they pushed it in the roof. I killed Smixy and e- uh, Ebates or DJ. Um,
0: Ebates and DJ Moss were on Smixy's team, yeah.
1: And I just like I killed them because I knew they were worried that they were getting fried. Like, Knight, I think, got sniped in the forehead, and he got dropped behind the pole, and then we just had to make sure, like... There's times you have to do that, though. Like, you have to fight two different teams to make sure you're in a good spot. Um, But yeah, we definitely all switch, like, aggro roles. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I mean, whatever it is, like, whatever the kind of special recipe is you guys managed to cook up, especially in Battle of Titans yesterday, it was dominant from start to finish i mean not only did you win maps you won more than half of the maps that were even played four <laughs> out of the seven maps uh was not just team king kong it was specifically you knight and aiden uh you guys i think won almost 14k or did win like 14k as a trio three event you go over to the operation monarch uh final eight the map you get 52 kills to net another 5k for team king kong and i i how how do you find that level of consistency? Because oftentimes when we talk about Warzone, whether it's Rebirth or Caldera, uh, that RNG factor it cannot ever be fully eliminated in any way. So how do you manage to find that level of consistency against that caliber of players to the point that you're winning more than 50% of the maps?
1: Um, Honestly, I think we learned a lot from the past two tournaments. And I feel like that's a huge thing in whether it's Caldera or even 2v2s, like, you just, you always learn your opponents and have to study, like, everything that they do. Whether it seems like we're doing it or not, like, every drop spot, we're seeing who drops where. Every team that pushes us, or we pop a UAV and we kill, we're looking at the names and seeing, like, who we're killing. Um, So we kind of learn people's rotations and stuff. And another thing is, like, loadouts. Loadouts are so big in to the point where aiden actually stopped grabbing our loadout um off rip so that it didn't disappear yep. and that's another thing with like the the aggro role we were talking about is like it really depends on who has loadout and who has the better guns because like if someone's flying in to regain like then the guy that's in the building playing safe goes out and goes to aggro the other person's regaining and it just it's just a rotating thing um but we just really stay consistent with our rotations uh everywhere. Um, obviously, I mean, it's it's luck. I can't I can't sit there and say everything we did was like, you know, all skill. Um we had a couple great zone pulls. Um, you know, we made sure like we clear things like in spots and then we almost clear our own rotations. So we kill people in spots that we know we could set ourselves up for a zone pull or whatnot. Yep yep we saw that from main too like there was a lot of fun
2: things that we were able to kind of point out as we were going along and swapping around perspectives where definitely could tell that you guys had more of a strategy than than just hey let's fry out and do our thing because like for instance like tbe they certainly had strategy there's no question behind that and they were probably learning drop spots as, as well but something that they do well in rebirth when they do well in rebirth is tournaments like this where it's a competitive type you know rule set you know, you're not, everybody's running snipers and shotguns kind of thing. And and it allows almond in particular to just play the hyper aggro role in one V two, one V three all across, you know, the map and just fly around and get as many kills as possible. I mean, they were the only team really in contention against you guys because they were just frying out. They didn't win a map, but they were found their way into the top three most every time because noobs would be lost alive or whoever. And they would just rat out till get those placements because they had picked up 20 kills already, you know, in the first two circles. So it was cool to see, well, kind of like
0: point coach, right? They got TBE, they got second place three times.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so it, they
0: were really that only team, kind of hot contending for that.
2: Exactly. I mean, placement-wise, they were there. It was always one person. It was always, hey, we got our kills. One person's left alive resurgence is done let's go rat out and hide and rotate correctly and and win and that's that's what they were trying to do so it was fun watching you guys kind of go back to back to head to head because there was really nobody else in contention swag was kind of there but um yeah very very well done and and i love talking strategy with you but let's continue to talk strategy we talked about cdlr we talked about you playing with nysl uh, representing nysl in that tournament in that tournament only um i want to take a moment and move on to the hot topic issue slash uh you know hot button issue or whatever you want to call it Uh, of orcs because you know z smith i've known you for a or smitty i've known you for a while man like i remember all the way back to when you first got signed by omit with rafi like i i was i was there at the beginning watching you drop a 20 plus kd in that first tournament where people were like yo who is this kid right um and so i wanted to give you a chance to talk about omit first because if, if for those that are listening that don't know smitty um, was a part of omit and recently um you know left that org under great terms um so yeah talk to us a little bit
1: about the last year or so that it's been that you are with omit um <clears throat> so it all kind of started out as like a i think it was like a regiment um yeah and like a, a discord there was just like those were like the first there's a lot of uh the first boys i ever met on like the in the game, like, I think I literally met two of them from a MFAM Discord, like, looking for a group for yeah. Warzone, like, to play, like, KD or whatever. Um, and this is, like, this is back in July, like, July of COVID, uh, right when I just decided to build my PC, like, my second PC, because my first one ended up breaking, like, a year before that or whatever, um... So I was playing, I was actually switching back and forth from console to PC, and I'm trying to, I think it was because of, um, I was letting my brother maybe play, or I don't know, I was just back and forth because I didn't have all the stuff for my PC, so I would just, you know, sometimes want to relieve the stress on my eyes sure. of not playing on 60 FOV or whatever it is, um, but... So that was, like, literally, I met them, a couple of the boys in July, and then they introduced me to more and more um, people. And then there was, like, this Discord where it was just, there was probably, like, 10 of us, 12 of us. Like, we'd all be in the Discord at the same time, and it wouldn't be one of those Discords where it's, like, an Xbox Live party back in the day where you can't hear anything that's going on. Like, it was always just, like, everyone was just having such a good time. Um, And they all kind of introduced me to each other and then that's when i met rafi i met rafi probably like that october november ish yep right around there um same thing with a lot of the people in omit like cranks gooey um xenon the first time i actually played with him was like a team diverge tourney yep i remember that event (laughs) um and it all kind of started out as like a regiment because it was like that hashtag rafi regiment that everyone was like there was like two different ones and then it was like all about sweats and then it was just it started to become a thing and we actually talked about like literally in like january december of not this past year but the year before that um like what it would turn into and it was kind of the goal from the start was to turn into like omit yeah. not the name and everything that just like came up as it was a thing um and then it that was when we just he was working on a bunch of stuff behind the scenes and i just knew like that was gonna probably be where i was gonna start um yeah so so
2: i want to jump in and say okay so you've had these conversations you met these people you know rafi's saying hey i think we can turn this into something um you know what was the was the original appeal of joining an org because i think i think there's a lot of people out there that play warzone that are not a part of an org that want to be a part of an org and then there's also maybe a minority of people that say i don't really have interest in being an org unless they can offer me a ton of things i mean i know at least to some degree from the back end like how omit worked and and how um they worked with you but like talk to me a little bit about like the buy-in from your side of like okay i'm gonna be a part of of this org i want to be a part of this. this is like my group of people and you know we can take this thing further like what was the buy-in for you what made you excited about
1: omit uh for me it was like the fact of being with a bunch of like the people i started with um and i knew it was gonna be just you know there wasn't gonna be a lot like i wasn't gonna get like uh being like a bad position or whatever i was gonna be able to just play with the same people like build as like a group almost um with the same people i started with so like i didn't have to really like almost let anyone new in and trust new people if that makes sense yeah Mm sure um or have to go in and worry about playing with new people if i didn't have to like if i got a spot in a tournament i was able to go boom like omit boys sure um and then when it actually became like an org and you know, official rather than like the, just the regimen and just kind of like the, in the process of everything. Like they, we had like the set, I think there was like 10 people to start or eight people to start. And then it was like, we had like co-ed duos and stuff. Like yep. we had like, we tried doing set duos and stuff on the team. Um And then at that point, it's like, you can't really do set duos when you're all on the come up because we all know, like tournaments are hard, especially for, like, Customs, there's 100, and 100 plus players in the tournament. 2v2s, it's, like, it could be 32. Yeah, it exactly. Be 16, it could be So. And but, I, um... I
2: remember, too, like, you guys had, you had, um you, like, kind of main Omit squad, which, you know, of course, like, it was it included you. It included, you know, Aaron, Base Xenon and a, a lot of the names that you mentioned. And then you also had uh, the kind of, like, Rafi Academy back then. I mean, I remember all the Academy guys that were super, super young. Like, we're talking, like, the young boys like 14 or you know or so years old about that (laughs) yeah the the academy kids i because i remember like we did a rafi rumble tournament i think and it was like academy mixed in with some of the like big dogs and they were trying to prove and find like 2v2 partners and stuff like you know it's it's been a long time coming so so let's jump forward a little bit to like the last six months or so with omit and talk about your come up through that um you know you you did start playing with aiden you know kind of into the latter half of your time with omit uh, what did that look like from the back end perspective with Rafi? Because we all know that there's been this like floating conversation that you could get signed by an org and stuff like that. Like what did uh, what was omit, if you can call them that, like saying from behind the scenes to you while you were with them, if you can share any of that about what your next steps could be? Like, were they supportive uh, in that?
1: Uh, Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, I mean, it was like there was almost a point where I uh, kind of just had to, like... I was playing with new people every day. Like, I, I got on the... I feel like when I kind of finally split, like, picking up, like, the omit boys and stuff for tourneys is, like, when I started getting consistently in the big ones, whether I was picked up by... Like, I want to say it was, like, last summer I started to get picked up by, like, the big dogs and stuff. Um, And it was, like you know a better chance of winning every tournament and then I started to win more tournaments I won that NYSL 100k like then we played World Series Warzone and then it was kind of that stew tray smitty trio that like it was almost like every tournament we tried to play together and I mean we were we were playing really well together um and that was just kind of like when I stopped playing with like the the same people every time because i wanted to like expand out and play with more because you know bigger opportunities and whatnot obviously like i wanted to take them yeah and that was like when i really started to see like my potential i guess in the scene like as much as people would gas me up and all the people that i met from the start they like oh like blah, blah blah all this stuff like you know sometimes people just say stuff to say stuff because like they're yeah. cool with you um like, even now, like, I never even really saw my potential at the game and, like, even being considered top, like, 10, top 15 in the game until, like, over these probably past, like, five months, probably since Caldera dropped. Um, but, yeah. I mean, the goal was always to to branch out and get into something bigger from both sides. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, then- I
0: mean, you're really, you're at that point right now, right? And so you were with omit you are where you are now you've been winning those tournaments you're consistently winning a lot of tournaments um and people throw around the subliners all the time but you've got a wealth of options so uh, for you uh what are you looking for in an org what what is the path that you want to have in front of you because obviously we can talk about oh subliners should pick you up or x y and z but what do you specifically want
1: um, so, honestly, I would love subliners. um, just cause I've grown up in the New Jersey, New York area, and for me it's like a, it's like a hometown thing almost, it's just like, being close to, I guess it was also a huge thing with, that was the first ever event I've gone to for gaming. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was like a sub uh, NYSL barbecue. And that was when I actually met Aiden for the first time in person. And they were just like they were so nice to me that like this is I didn't even have like that, you know, big of a name or whatnot. And at the time, um I mean, I guess they just hooked me up with like VIP and everything for that event. Uh, I based off of the <laughs> NYSL 100K, I guess that was where sure. like they really came to. <laughs> Just, you know, have my back. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely, like, a hometown thing. I've grown up with all, like, New York sports stuff, too. Like, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a Rangers fan. So, on that end, it's huge for me, too. But I also want to make sure, like, I'm open to anything. That's my whole thing. Like, I'm not – if I had to target one, that's what I'm targeting. Um. But right now, I just like just kind of want to see because I don't I don't even know like what's gonna happen or whatnot because I if you asked me three four months ago if I would have went from what I was at to Twitch Partner I would have probably told you like I would have probably laughed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just feel like everything like I just have so much potential now and the opportunities I'm getting for every tournament like the ability to win. Once I start getting into content creation stuff, like, I definitely—I mean, NIL would be the favorite, um, but I definitely open anyone. Uh, no, (laughs) uh, not not anyone from anywhere yet, at least. Um, but I feel like it's kind of soon too, because it's only been like what uh, ten days or eleven days out. It hasn't been long.
2: I I wanna. I'll backtrack a little bit, and I'll put you on the spot again. But, uh, you know, I want to say its it has been really cool to watch you come up, man. It, it, uh, you know, I've known you for a long time. Um, not as long as some, but, but longer than probably most, I would say. Um, and you have been it's insanely talented since the beginning, but you've also come into your own confidence wise and and like really coming into the idea of like, Hey, I am insanely good at this game and I can succeed at the highest level. Uh, It's been cool to see that confidence continue to grow in in you. And that, that comes with winning. I mean, you know, for any orgs out there listening for Z Smith's sake, um, you know, you can check this out yourself, you know, on a website that I'll plug later, but uh, you know, with rebirth added into it and uh, since Caldera dropped, I mean, in the last five months, Smith, you've won over $40,000 in this game. Um, which is really freaking cool, right? Like you're inside the top 10 overall earned period. There is like there's no there is no like rationale that you could put behind zsmith not being in the top 10 all-time period right now in warzone specifically on caldera but you're not limited to that map either which is really cool especially with this come up of rebirth like go back and look at his rebirth winnings right like go back and look at the event that he just won 35k go back and look at their placing in the nysl warzone mania 3 go back and look at cdlr like you guys fried out in all of those and uh, and you've been a key factor in that and you've been a key factor too like you know i'll say it. this isn't like 100 percent the case but I, you've been a key factor too of like kind of getting aiden back into competing a ton like he really enjoys competing with you and it's obvious because you guys have a lot of fun on the map And your kindred spirits um there's no toxicity between the two of you and it's been fun to watch him re-enjoy competing again and you're a big factor in that and, and that's a big factor of why you guys have been successful so when we have the org conversations, of course, NYSL's at the top, uh, you know, from the outsider looking in. Like, everybody wants to see you and Aiden become teammates. Um, and you even said it yourself, like, NYSL would be the perfect home because I- I'm up here. But when you say you're open to everything, you said something super valuable in DMs when we were talking earlier. And I-, and I wanted to put you on the spot a little bit about, like, when you think about an org, what do you want the org um to look at you and say that
1: would make you want to be a part of that team does that make sense no yeah yeah i i forgot to get on I, so while i was talking i was trying to think of like what we were uh what i was dming you but yeah so i like i said like the whole like phase 100 and thing like everyone wanted me to go for that everyone wanted me to they're like why didn't you do it blah, blah blah like my whole thing is like i don't want anything to be a competition i don't want to have to fight against like even though it realistically is um whether you know you're not like or you are uh i just like i never wanted to fight or compete for something to join a team that i want i want it to kind of be mutual like i want to be i want that org to look at me and be like i want that guy on our org like blah, blah blah like whether it's them helping me or whatever it is um And I just want, like, that feeling to be mutual and be able to feel, like, welcomed and, like, just build with that brand.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, this is such a basic human thought uh, that is so key in these types of conversations, especially when you can leverage what you've been, like, been gifted and what you've been working on um but i think you said it best in teams and i'll I'll use your terminology like i I want to be wanted essentially right like you don't want to be picked up out of obligation because you play with aiden all the time it's like oh nysl is obligated to pick smith up like that's not the case you want to be wanted and so if it's not nysl and it's somebody else let's say it's who knows maybe maybe lag says you've got to start playing with gary now or something like that like but they really 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 want you and push for you and promote you and put you on like that that's something that's you know makes a ton of sense to want um because then you know that org will really promote you because they want you rather than oh it's obligation we picked the guy up he's just there right um i really like the way you said that and and what you said about the um about the phase 100 thing is totally fair as well especially at your level now there's there's a lot of people that haven't gotten to your level that are on the grind that you know are averaging three viewers or anything like that and this would be my last thought and then we'll transition but like uh, going back to your story and your grind and your come up, what was, like, the just the one key takeaway from your come up and your grind that you can look back to and say, hey, this was what helped me be successful and set me up to grow? Um, of course, being Aiden's duo, whatever, that's fine. But, like, what was the one key factor you look back on say, I did that right, and that's part of the reason, if not most of the reason I'm here today where I am at?
1: Um... I feel like everyone has their different reasons, right? uh, especially because certain people go for content, certain people go for whatever, just being a funny streamer, like everyone's different. Um, What's definitely set me up, I just feel like is literally just in my head, I'm such a competitive person and I mean, people still see it now, like people literally like sitting in chat right now know that They've been on my tail to get on content for months. Yeah. And as much as I want to do it, it's just every tournament I just want to play in because, I don't know, for me, it's like I'd rather be winning than doing something that like, I mean, it's winning in a different way if you were to do content and stuff. But for me, like, if if I could do this the whole time, I would completely keep doing this. Yeah, just just Um, win and compete, win and compete, win and compete, win and compete. And that was literally the first ever <laughs> I've never played competitive Call of Duty before Warzone. Like I've never played a wager on S and never played competitive SND. I never played anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um I was just that little sweaty pub kid that we run into in two V twos that's just like <laughs> a four four KD that doesn't stream or anything. But um so the first ever tournaments i played in were like the mfam gauntlets back in the day and it was like we got like fourth fifth and or fourth fourth and fifth and and that was like kd capped at the time and that was (laughs) that was like me with two of the boys that were like cracked out like two one was like a 2.1 kd and one was like a i think a 2.8 at the time i forget what the kd cap was because i was like a five yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) um and that, like, was like, whoa, like, okay, I've been streaming for two or a month, not even, like, just here and there, and that's where I'm placing right now against the best of the best, and then, um, it was that August, I qualified for one of Teep's 15Ks, 2v2s, mm-hmm. and we came in, and we, that was when they actually, like, seeded people based off of, they kind of invited the same people back to the tournaments, or based it off of, like, who they thought, uh, Whatever I think, Aiden Mutex won the tournament before, so they were the one seed. That was the time they were a duo. So it was Aiden Mutex, Symphony and Huskers were still playing. I think it was Dez and Attract. Yeah, Dez and Attract. Yeah, they do it for a while. Um, Belk and Destroy, uh, Jukies and Delio. So it was like just a lot of like Nick and Swag were in it. It was a lot of like just people you see now and either half of them don't play comp anymore or half of them split up. So yeah, we were the 16th seed first round. We have Aiden and the mutex. So Aiden who I used to watch, like playing Fortnite and stuff growing up, like it was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is crazy. Like two months in. And then we actually ended up getting second in that tournament. In like my first ever two V two tournament, I've literally never played like a two V two format thing ever. Uh, and we ended up getting like second in that. So that was when I was like, whoa (laughs) yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense dang that's
2: crazy
0: now i mean stuff like that it's it's amazing to look back and see kind of what were those linchpin moments what were those moments that put you on a path to you know where you are right now and well where you are right now is is one of the best in the game um again guys if you're coming in now and you're unfamiliar um smitty went back to back in wins today whether it's kill race This week whether it is a trios rebirth tournament uh he's been winning them all and what that means is that uh you kind of have some of those very high level insights into competitive warzone as a whole that a lot of other people might not have because you know what it's like to win in different formats you know what it's like to lose in different formats and you've been here kind of through some of the evolutions of competitive warzone as well so when when you look at warzone right now um what are your thoughts on on the current state of warzone and um actually when it comes to not only that what your thoughts are on the current state uh what would you like to see in the future of competitive as we get closer to warzone 2.
1: um i can't say competitive's at its best right now i mean i don't think anyone can agree uh or will disagree um it's gonna be Honestly, I hope it kind of switches towards rebirth, and that's that might be a little biased based off of the way I'm playing on rebirth. But <laughs> I feel like just the rebirth customs have been starting so easily. There's very minimal like disconnections or resets or whatever. Like, obviously, I know the the CDLR was like a pub, so everyone queued in. Yeah, sure. Um, that would be cool if they could do that for like any event over a certain amount of money or whatever. Like if it's, whether it's over 25K or 50K, um, especially with it, I, I believe most of the tournaments are sponsored by Activision. Um So like, I feel like that would be a huge thing because it leaves, you know, people to not sit there and talk to their chat and not realize that they haven't been in the lobby for 25 minutes and they have to reset the lobby now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Caldera is... I actually, as much as people like bash on Caldera, I actually really enjoy the map. Um, it has more of like a BR feel to it, I guess. And for 2v2s and stuff, it's just like, you take out helis and 2v2s on Verdansk. Like you're like, ugh, (laughs) like that, that map was uh, with no helis in 2v2s was like, not very, uh, not the best. Um. But with balloons and stuff, like I think if they could literally just stick to like maybe one caldera customs here and there, not Max Lobby, because that obviously makes the lobbies all slow-mo and stuff. And rebirth and two v twos. Because from what I've heard, and I'm probably sure you guys could probably see it too. Rebirth and two v twos are like every viewer's favorite formats, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um so for me, I feel like if the players enjoy it too, which I feel like for the most part, I haven't really heard bad talk about Rebirth. Um, I feel like that would be very cool. And Rebirth is very, sm- it's a much smaller map and it's a lot easier to have like a more competitive format, I feel like on it. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's our, that's an interesting take. So you're, you're basically saying, let's stick to what
2: we're currently at right now, which is Rebirth and 2v2s. An occasional Caldera custom would be fun with somewhere around like 100 players or so um, you know keep keep the tournaments flowing but you like the way rebirth is kind of taking the main stage right now from a player perspective too which makes a lot of sense right like when you think about warzone comp and you, you it's essentially co-streams all the way through so each of the individual streamers has all of their viewers and you want to entertain those viewers it's not just the main broadcast and when you're sitting in a customs waiting on a map to load in for five minutes and then it resets and it's another five minutes like 10 minutes of downtime like unless you're a just chatting god can get really boring for viewers um, so I, I get that perspective for sure, and and I, I don't mind it either. I, I have fun casting Rebirth. I have fun casting 2v2s. It's essentially like Katie and I just get to, like, yell at each other and make fun of each other while watching some of the best gameplay that we could possibly see where you just slay bots all day for, like, nine hours straight. Like, what I can't ask for anything better than that. Um, but in terms of, like, Warzone 2 and what you would love to see for the comp scene in Warzone 2, is there is there any, like, specific – um changes you'd love to see with warzone 2 that would affect the competitive scene directly whether it's a um you know like a like a more league-based like organizational focus on on competitive scene or more um you know
1: different types of aspects they could bring to the game to help um i mean obviously i think i speak on behalf of everyone a very good (laughs) (laughs) anti-cheat just so that this stuff can stop um i mean definitely i'd assume there's going to be a new map regardless Um, for like organization i think that would be really cool um i was even thinking like the same thing for like rebirth if there's like a cd like they did the cdlr if (laughs) you know if there was all the how many cdl teams are there there 12? 12 so if they were to do that it would be what 12 trios technically yep Yep, you could run a you could run a trio's rebirth tournament with twelve,
2: or you could just make it fourteen orgs, or however you would like to do it. I mean, the, yeah, there's a lot of issues that come with
1: that, but yeah, sure, yeah, totally fair. You could run organizational based stuff, um, just like. But I don't. I mean, realistically, I don't see that happening. Um, a ranked like system is obviously my number one anti cheat ranked, top people in the ranked brackets and stuff. Because at that point, you're literally playing customs. You're queuing into custom lobbies the whole time, and you're, you don't have to wait for people. You're playing against people, like... And you could have the pubs, like, set up, too. You could have, like, the separate playlist, kind of just, like, how other games do it. Um. And you could still run... If you want to run your 2v2s on that, you can. Um, because with that, I feel like people can get that skill-based where they think everything should be skill-based matchmaking out of their head. Because that realistically probably will never happen because it's like that will kill the player base. Um if they do a ranked and have it that way, and then I personally want to see more lands. Obviously, I know with COVID and stuff, it's tough. Uh, but lands, I feel like just the energy and stuff is just a completely different thing. You'll see the people that, you know, can't play in front of a crowd or get nervous or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just yeah, all yeah. that. Um, and just even just to be able to experience that and en- like that energy and stuff
0: i know we got uh we definitely have uh, lands in the works in the pipeline obviously things like lands bring a order of magnitude more complications and expenses to be able to implement and we you know we can't speak for Activision uh, and what they want to do with competitive warzone but i'm sure I, we all agree on that more lands uh, getting people in the same room getting people playing together um is kind of the most optimal scenario for all of us and it's more exciting right and we talk about instead of the co-stream problem we can sometimes get well all of those viewers are in that main broadcast all in one spot um talking with each other and uh, so so i wonder then um do you have any uh and and i'm not talking maybe from a structural standpoint uh but do you have any uh competitive pet peeves can (laughs) be Behavior, situations that happen, something, anything, when you're in these tournaments that really grinds your gears.
1: Um... So I guess this kind of falls under, like, I I hope there's more of a way besides paying out everyone, like, because that's one way where people don't give up in a tournament. Um, I think the Baka Bros actually did a really good job with it. I think they paid individual per map and per... Uh, Replacement for like the overall. Yes. Which I thought was huge. But I, my biggest thing is when people either quit mid tourney because there, I've seen it happen. There's people that just complain about invites and, you know, they want these opportunities and stuff and they'll just back out of a tourney or they just like give up and, um, some people just, Honestly, when people don't play to win the tournament is my biggest pet peeve. Like, if if we're, like, you know, some people... We've had people, like, try to chalk our games and stuff that aren't in contention. Like, I mean, obviously, it all happens because it's, it's BR. But um, just... I wish there was more of, like, a way for everyone to be playing for the same thing. Because, yeah. I mean, right. I think we all know that some people load into these tournaments and just think to themselves that they don't have a chance in winning. But reality, they all do (laughs) yeah right like i think that point was was crucial
0: kind of help incentivize that though right like the way Baca bros did it what z smith just mentioned it's like well if Certain teams, it's just a fact. Certain teams are going to have an extremely difficult, if not impossible, time winning in tournaments that are overall placement, and you get paid out for first through third. There's just going to be teams who are never going to be able to get there. But when you have something where each map has various degrees of payouts, Z Smith, uh, you're basically saying, and I would agree, um, it, it gives everyone a chance in that moment and keeps them kind of engaged with what's happening and has that hope, so that they're not just sitting there saying, "What am I doing?"
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, you know, this last tournament didn't necessarily, like, uh, do that. There was a way to win money, but it didn't really matter how you personally did per map. Overall, it kind of mattered because you wanted King Kong's team to win, so you needed your points, especially people at the bottom. Like, if the people at the bottom, like Sparrows, winning a map was huge for Team King Kong because they were so low down on the leaderboard that points bolstered came out of kind of nowhere and, and pushed you guys ahead of Godzilla. Um, but yeah, little ways to incentivize people to continue your playing is nice, however, they shouldn't need it, right? Like, people backing out of tournaments, it's like the cardinal sin of the tournament scene. If you're back, unless you're like, I mean there's really no excuse ever to back out of a tournament unless you have some like medical emergency or something. But like I've seen the biggest players in the game back out of tournaments and not get punished for it because they can't, the tournament organizers can't really afford to. But if you're a, especially if you're a smaller, a mid tier streamer and you start backing out of tourneys, like you're gone, like get out, you're not coming back. Like, that is the worst situation to be in because it can ruin the rest of the people in, in the tournament's game, especially if you're Purple at the top mentality. fighting for kills. Like, it's so frustrating. So it, it's, it's hard to to really, like, execute it well, but I think you're right. Like, the best way to do that is pay per map. So, like, even if you're legit at the bottom of the leaderboard, like, play to win, right? Like, you, you can win that map. You can win a $1,000 for your team or whatever it is. Um, but I really liked how... I don't like the one complaint I have about rebirth tournaments, and I'd be curious to hear your perspective on this, is when the tournament provider uh, pays out per map more than the overall event placements. I agree. It it, it just kind of like de-incentivizes people to like play the actual overall tournament. It's more about just winning the map and winning the map is is all that matters, which means you're not going to be going for kills as often if you're really trying to maximize your payout
1: yeah um <clears throat> i definitely think like obviously i know you just recently had that uh like the meeting or whatever with all the yeah. players on formats and rules and stuff um i definitely think like i agree with that because i personally like when i would see like there was like a a certain tourney or whatever and then i'm like all right like this will be cool like we got a god squad ready for it and then i joined the discord i look at the format and i'm just like ready to throw up i'm like oh god like what am i about to play yeah um because one it's just like it's another thing where it's just it doesn't competitive should be fun in a way like i feel like in most things like everywhere whether it's sports or whatnot like people that are the best at what they do definitely have fun with it um i mean the cd like the cdl too like it's fun. It it seems fun. I mean, to me, um, it's fun to watch, but I would, like, no one wants to watch people sit in a building. Yeah. Yeah. Or against the best of the best because they have to based off of the format. If you choose to, because the format is like, if it's kill incentive and you just choose it to win the map, you know what I mean? Um, but like, yeah, I definitely think the overall placement is way more impressive than winning one map. Yeah,
0: I mean it is, and that's that's kind of the 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 cost you have to say. I agree. Overall placement that is going to weigh far more heavily when you're looking at it from purely the competitive aspect when you do map per map it is more engaging for players who probably aren't ever going to get into that top three and maybe does at least in my opinion as a caster it does make the ending of every individual map much more exciting to watch because there is that opportunity for a team that hasn't won or a team to go back to back to be able to start racking up that cash as you watch but i think that also gets into that broader discussion of what does Activision want this to be? Do they want mm-hmm. these tournaments to be fully competitive? Do they want these tournaments to be fully content? Do they want them to be a mix? And if so, how does that discussion impact what we're talking about right now, right, versus those overall placements or or that per map? I think a lot of that really is our question mark on kind of the direction Activision wants it to go in. And if that's going to get communicated, I don't know. But I know it absolutely does play a role in how these uh, how these formats and how these um, different tournaments take shape.
2: Yeah, I, I want to jump in here too because like obviously Katie and I are very biased because as casters like we want to see the top competitive warzone whatever that looks like because we have a lot of fun um casting competitive warzone and and if there were a functioning caster mode like uh, my personal preference is Caldera customs every single time because the storylines that we're able to paint from the main broadcast if we have really good observers. Um, is fantastic. The problem is most streamers or most viewers of the tournament will watch their individual streamer. And you're right, especially in Caldera Customs, there is a lot of more slower gameplay and you have 20 minutes of downtime between each lobby, hopefully less. Um, but what would I? I'm going to yop this question from Rafi in chat. I'll give him a shout out. We were talking about you earlier, Rafi. You're a legend. Um, but what do you think, in your perspective, as we kind of close this out? um would help the the customs worlds besides lands of course custom lands would work so well because the downtime you're in person you could see players interacting you could run actual interviews with players without it being a technical like complete catastrophe like all of that would kill it but for online customs to work what do you think needs to happen for online customs that see some success and players actually enjoy them that your answer you have no idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) um
0: question so it's fine if so like uh, my spiel just now right like i don't even have an answer for it sometimes you just got to talk about it you know
1: i just want to say like two more huge things i feel like Mm -hmm. would be if you could like have customization to a private lobby change the guns on the gr- like if you're gonna do bands don't have things that you could pick up on the ground like if you could <clears throat> literally change what guns you can grab and have like stuff like literally limited or change the ground loot um and also a, i mean for your guys benefit like a codcaster thing you could literally fly around like an orb and yeah because i feel like it, the best thing about the fortnite days we're seeing like Aiden and Nick land both tilted and seeing, like, their names from up above, like, seeing them go at each other with the health and everything is, like, just that would make it so much more entertaining. And, like, like you were saying with the watching individual streamers POVs, the reason for that is because there's no other way to watch the game than watching one individual player.
0: Well, and that's, I, that's such a huge point, and it all circles back again to... Uh, the question we can't necessarily answer of what does Activision and Call of Duty want Warzone events to be and if they want them to lean more in this competitive direction then a lot of what Smith's talking about needs to be implemented just those kind of basic standards for the ability for TOs and casters to observe and commentate the game uh, and those quality of life updates for players themselves like you said kind of having that access within the game to determine what the ground loot is or have a uh, competitive custom mode that has only those specific guns. Uh, But it's a question we can't answer, right? We don't know if they want it to go in that direction. And a lot of those potential additions and quality of life upgrades aren't gonna happen until Warzone 2 as well. So uh, I think it's it's so important to have these discussions to let them know what we care about, what the players like, uh Smitty care about, um as they prepare for Warzone 2. I know Baca Bros. We kind of covered that. Go Baca Bros. Had a discussion with kind of dev side, I think, as well as Shanice uh, from Activision about some of this, and they were taking those notes. Right, they were they were listening to everything that we were saying, and uh, I know that they will continue to. So we'll have to see what happens. But a lot of that really just depends on whatever ends up getting implemented in Warzone 2. But I think, wow. Go- so just imagine that that podcaster oh that'd be a beautiful thing uh,
2: yeah i am just i've been dreaming about it since day one people that have known me since the beginning and somebody you know reset for two years literally two years ago i was saying the exact same thing like it's been that long which is just insane to think about but you're totally right katie <laughs> it's uh it's you know, Warzone being content forward or content focused means those things are not necessarily on the top of the priority list, um, which is totally fair from the Activision perspective. And I'm hoping that continues to change going forward, um, with some of the conversations that we'll have later. But, um, Zspit, man, this was a great conversation. Thanks for kind of providing some perspective on your backdrop and your, um, your come up and your time with Omit and what you're looking for in future orgs. Is there anything you'd like to close out on? Maybe your last selling point, should there be an org listening
1: right now? um (laughs) uh honestly i'm just i'm ready to just keep getting bigger i'm proud to make like a huge content push because definitely obviously there's not too many of these big tourneys and some of these little tourneys like is just you know hard to play the game for fun and i feel like if i focus content it'll help me grow literally everywhere even more than i already am and uh and just hopefully be able to just keep getting bigger and keep winning <laughs> i love well, that well
0: uh, i don't think you have to worry about continuing to win because <laughs> that seems to be all you do right now and i'm gonna <laughs> i imagine that's what you're gonna continue to to do but uh seriously i mean watching the come up it's been incredible um seeing i think some of the kind of wholesome and more down-to-earth Uh, players in the scene getting you know what they very much so deserve and have worked for is uh is also awesome so a big congratulations to you and uh something that Goj said that uh, earlier that i want to echo i thought was a great point is um the synergy that you and Aiden have and kind of help reigniting that spark of him wanting to play Warzone and wanting to play competitive Warzone has been really great to see. So uh, I wish nothing but the best for you guys as a duo, for you uh, in everything you're doing. And I agree, content is always important. and I'm sure you're gonna crush that as well. But uh speaking of, if you need content ideas, I'm sure you can come up with some great videos from the swapped input tournament that's gonna to be yeah. on the scene <laughs> that you are also doing with Aiden. That's
2: I
1: didn't even be- think about that.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be a <laughs> lot of fun to watch, man. That's that's on Tuesday, so I'm excited to see if you guys can go back to back and win that event as well. Smith, thanks again, man. I was looking, I scrolled back through our DMs of like the first time we were dming at least the last conversation i can see on my pc was uh, originally talking to you about moving you up for a potential tournament that i had coming up as one of the like top performers or something like that because this was right after that 20kd tournament that you had it which which kind of went sort of viral (laughs) um it's just it's been cool man that was over a year ago which is crazy to say because i had even seen you play like before that so full year of watching you compete and i'm sure we'll have more than at least a couple years ahead of us so thanks for popping on the podcast man and uh, we'll keep you updated on more conversations i'm sure we'll have you back on shortly after a few more wins all right sweet sounds good thank you guys for having me yeah peace brother later
0: all right goj it's about that time
2: Woo. all right katie i, I don't I, like
0: shooter's digest but I, it's gonna be a shooter's
2: digest it is a shooter's digest I, I i want to can i hard pivot before we we lose all of smith's people can i hard pivot really fast
0: only if you reference friends in the possible
2: uh, if i reference what
0: Fre- oh you let me down with the pivot <laughs> i'm
2: sorry on, Look, Uh, look, listen, listen, we had such an interesting conversation with Smith about competitive Warzone. I want to make a hard shift about the future of Warzone briefly and talk about that tweet I sent you with ALGS because we'll come back to the Shitter's Digest stuff. We have some drama we want to talk about briefly before we end the podcast, but... So there was a tweet, folks, and I don't even have the link for it right now. I could probably find it, but it was essentially that ALGS, or not ALGS, Apex in general viewership is at an all-time high. Game players are at an all-time high. The game's been out forever. Um, And one of the major reasons for that, that we were kind of talking about off off stream was that, you know, Warzone's been on a decline. People have gone over to Apex, but in particular, Nick Merckx, right? Like Nick Merckx is this figure that has brought a massive like cult following, if you can call it that, or even uh, whatever you want to call it, infam following, family following, uh, just general following from the competitive side over to Apex. They've been you know, uh, being very ingenuitive with the way they've integrated um, updates and stuff like that. And also ALGS is an actual competitive game mode. So what I was wanting to talk about, Katie, future of competitive Warzone. We talk about how Activision maybe is a bit more content forward with their events. And we also talked about how customs are slow paced and campy, right? And people don't like that right now. If you watch the ALGS, it is incredibly slow paced and insanely campy. I mean, you have, there's 20 teams that can load into a lobby and you have 15 teams in the final circle, okay? So I wanna briefly mention this new Apex wave that has happened. And and let's have like a brief conversation about why can't Warzone do the same? What would be the limiting factors from a Warzone competitive tournament game mode that we're missing? right because it's not camping is not the problem it it seems to be the way fights happen how fast people die maybe like do you have do you have any thoughts on that topic for like a if we were to truly make a competitive warzone tournament or a competitive warzone league like an ALGS like what are the limiting factors for that for warzone
0: well i think uh, the main thing here to touch on the first part of this is that um I don't actually really think that competitive Warzone and ALGS are comparable right now because, for one, it is a bona fide esport that has everything an esport entails with it, which is why I would say ALG- I- ALGS players are pros. Yeah, they sure. Are Absolutely. Pros. I do not put the same title for competitive Warzone players because, again, there is the structure there and the kind of go ahead approval from um the um kind of ip owner if you will and the um kind of company as a whole that they want that they want algs to be in esport we have not received that from activision and we may never receive that so until that happens it's just not a comparable thing because the content aspect of it at that point will always be a part of every tournament that happens and it'll always kind of be a tug of war between um, people who compete in this and want to have it be competitive and uh, people who want competitions to have that nice sprinkling of fun content aspect to them. So until that happens, it's always going to kind of be a, uh, maybe not the the best comparison, but you can look at ALGS and see what could Activision do with Warzone. It could become like this. And I think just so many of those basic features, go, I sincerely think, um, at least from a viewership perspective, some of the basics... For whether it's codcasting, whether it is that uh, flying free camera, whether it is our ability to have those uh, heat markers on the map when you're looking at it to see where people are dropping, um, features like that that might be available elsewhere. I think provide so much nuance that a lot of the things we're saying, well, what are we missing? Why are things worse for us in a competitive aspect? A lot of those small things really add up uh, when you add them into a broadcast that I think would solve, uh, I think, a lot of these issues that we might be having. But uh, in terms of also uh, the the style of Apex and how you play out an Apex Map Win um, is – just completely opposite of how Warzone's even played like yes they're battle royales but the way you play them and the way you win them is way different ttk is a huge thing right like in Warzone, i know that they've addressed that they're trying to manage ttk creep that is uh unintentionally it is getting faster and faster kill times and that's not necessarily what they want they're trying to do adjustments uh for the fact that ttk has gotten a little bit too high we've seen things like adding more health uh so on and so forth um Well, in Apex, the TTK is way slower. It's way harder to kill people and get those team wipes in Apex than it is in something like Warzone. Uh, So again, I think a lot of it can just be really hard to find those comparisons, but... when it comes to warzone again just some of that quality of life stuff i think would make these discussions a lot easier to look at um it's just so many small things that are missing that would really chunk away at um why competitive warzone whether it's in customs or kill races or otherwise uh feels so
2: far behind uh, what apex has right well it's definitely behind i I guess the real question that i was having was like if we had that support could we Mm -hmm. replicate quote unquote, the success that ALGS is having. Now, to be totally fair, I don't know what the books look like behind the scenes for ALGS. I don't know what the returns look like. I don't know anything like that. I'm only looking at CCVs and I'm only looking at like player growth in in the success that the players are having from like a uh promotion of the game promotion wise it's fantastic for apex there's no question and nobody will argue that I don't know what the back end looks like right like it, it could be more akin to something like the CDL where you're like are, are we in the black I don't know it, probably not like I have no clue uh but at the same time I think that what you said was really crucial even if we had all the support that apex had can warzone survive as a competitive title right now I don't think so uh, from from a like true competitive like organizational, we're running a comp scene, million dollar prize pools, like it is treated like a professional game, because I think the RNG in Warzone is so much higher than Apex One. Number two, because TTK is so much lower, um, the skill gap is uh, very difficult for a casual viewer to perceive, and so when somebody kills somebody else in a customs game it doesn't look like a skillful kill and usually it doesn't take as much skill it more it, it comes down to the only real skill that you can attribute to like high level warzone right now is positioning and timing, to be honest with you. Like gun skill doesn't really move the needle in customs all that much, especially when you're playing a more campy style customs rather than like a kill race style customs with kill multipliers, etc. cetera. Um, you know, I'm getting some DMs from some people that, that maybe play on the slower side of things and are really good at that positioning. And I could see them succeeding in a, at a professional level for Warzone because of positioning. But what Apex provides is this sort of like high TTK, use abilities, that, that kind of stuff that Warzone will never have. If we increase the time to kill in Warzone, and maybe we we increase the speed at which circles close, and and it forces players to make more drastic decisions to influence the way they play the game, you could see a similar style competitive Warzone format, Um, but I think... You know, from our perspective, the things we want custom, you know, uh, game settings and caster modes and heat maps, like, I think that's all valuable. But I still don't know if we could replicate ALGS style format. I want to say that something like a rebirth competitive format with organizations behind it could actually be more successful. I agree.
0: If you're talking about um, a actually competitive Warzone format, rebirth is really going to be the, um, the game mode type where you could turn that into reality but let's also be clear guys uh most esports don't make money yeah esports is not profitable and what it does do though is get a lot of players uh wanting ideally to play the game and retaining the player base a a lot of these companies are going to look at esports uh and say does this esport for example league of legends does Watching Faker play and T1 be the best in the world, does that get current players to continue playing the game? And does it get new people wanting to try out the game? The answer is yes. If the answer is no to both or one of those things, that's going to be a negative incentive for them to want to invest in something like this. And I think that's what Activision is trying to figure out right now, too, is the question of is content-focused competition in Warzone going to bring in more eyeballs and more users and more money than actually full-on competitive war yep. zone yep. Uh, now i think they're trying to sample that out right now with cdlr right the the first opening of cdlr this was really a litmus test for them of how is this going to be received uh what can we improve on for this is there a value add to having um something like cdlr which does have the uh opened to general population for uh by in, if you will, they have the opportunity to play and compete within this. And then also having that competitive side of CDL pros and the competitive Warsaw players themselves. So I hope to see them continue to iterate on that with the rebirth format, uh, which I agree is 100% the most viable um, kind of customs format to make it uh, high octane, maybe more competitive, less campy, if you will. But um, it's always gonna be that struggle as well from the very high level aspect of, is an eSport seen as a value add for a company? And if it's not seen as a value add, they're never gonna lean into it because there's just no reason to.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean it's like hey do we do does our esports scene filter into our marketing budget right like that's the idea it's like it is a marketing plan to get people playing the game and and i'm not going to shout out any specific people but like katie you and i were we on podcast last week you know really building out a competitive rule set or trying to um you know a, a, maybe a soft push of like hey tournament organizers use this format if you want a competitive rule set right and there were some people out there that were saying look You know, this is not worth our time because we are, you know, the tournament should be more content forward and focused because that's what, you know, casual players want to see. They want to see casual players want to see players using everything that they use shotguns and rpgs and that kind of stuff like that's what actually matters in terms of pushing players back into the game um which i see that perspective do i agree with it Pro- not entirely but i do see that perspective which is what we've been talking about so i wanted to take a brief segment to talk about that katie let's get into some shitter's digest stuff to finish it off we yeah. only have a little bit today uh usually shitter's digest is one of our major sections it's a little bit of sleepy on the timeline so if you guys are at home listening and you're a, a warzone competitive player and the warzone competitive scene and you'd like to uh you'd like to spice up the timeline feel free it makes our jobs way easier <laughs> to talk well, about drama
0: Go no shit tweet someone
2: yeah yeah exactly there's um, there's been a couple we, things though
0: there have been a couple things um i will say we did actually have some spicy shitters digest that would have been viable for last week but we had the player summit yeah. so it's just- old news now um but uh, no to kick things off i mean to kind of stay on that beat of the joe tournament uh battle for the crown uh two and day one of that was that uh kind of the big talking point is um in the first tournament joe hosted Scummin and unrational uh one had a captain spot they were able to play together as one of those consistent duos and they got fourth place uh this time around and i'm not sure why Um, neither of them received a captain spot, which means that it was impossible for them to play together, uh, which was... I can't speak to it because I have no idea why. I don't know if it was an oversight, if it was intentional, if if that's just how the cookie crumbled with uh, bringing in other people to the tournament. Um, and they just assumed, hey, they'll get picked up anyway, so they will be included. I don't know. But it was an eyebrow raise for me that you have so many of these set duos, uh, like the Aiden Z Smiths, Tommy's Almonds, et cetera. And then you have Scum and Unirrational who can't play together. And not only could they not play together, they had to play each other in first round one of this tournament and it ends up being uh swish and scum who get eliminated um by by gary and it's just it's a really tough spot for them to to be in um again i can't speak to why but it was kind of a head scratcher for the fact they couldn't play together
2: yeah it wasn't like it didn't seem like the tournament was formulated where it was like hey we need to spread out invites we need to invite smaller people as well as big people like it was mostly big duos with a couple random people quote unquote random people sprinkled in for whatever reason i'm not sure what the reasoning was behind that um you know we can only conjecture from the sides sidelines but yeah i mean it's not like scum and unrational are not like b tier duos to invite it's like oh we only had eight duos that we could invite like like they're on that list like scum and and unrational are both top 10 earned in caldera like like there's just no right. qu- they're one of the top duos when you think of duos in warzone specifically caldera you think of tommy and almond when it comes to 2v2s you think of tommy and almond you think of you used to think, think of fifa and jukies uh you think of aiden and z smith you think of joe and bread and you think of scummon and unrational and scummon and rational are near top of that list right now scummon has been ripping caldera apart uh in every single format so it was bizarre to see them not get a captain spot and i don't know what the appropriation was of captains uh but yeah they they had to play with separate people unrational made a a fairly decent run um with his duos coming of course got uh, knocked out by unrational at the very beginning Uh, unrational was playing with mutex but very odd uh from the tournament side of things but that's how the cookie crumbles and what was surprising too about this was like it would be different if it was, like, a one-off event. This is a three-week event with the same duos every single time that don't swap. And that was what I was super curious about was, like, why did they not run a... If it is a three-week event where you have, like, a interesting format week one, interesting format week two, and then, like, a normal format week three with most of the prize pool, why didn't they run a total of... You know, 16 duos in week one, 16 different duos in week two, and have like a basically top eight from each, then go into week three. Like, I don't know. I was surprised, certainly.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, again, guys, we are, we are. We don't have the background information from them. Uh, I did ask for clarification to say, like, are captains changing? Are people like Scummin and Unrational going to get to play together? And they said no, that those captain spots, uh, what's going on is set. Uh, so, again, uh, we, we don't know the answer to this. Um maybe again they just had a list of people they wanted to invite and some duo had to end up getting the short end of the stick and unfortunately it was scum and unrational we'll wait to see what happens with the rest of it again swish and scum mutex and unrational um those aren't those aren't bad duos right they can certainly uh make an impact but i will say especially on on day one you have to wonder how brackets shake out if Scumming and an irrational could play together what ends up happening uh to teams on their side of the bracket which would have been teams like biffle and super evan and players like that uh so so we'll have to see what happens with with the rest of it but um something else that was a little curious and we touched on it with z smith uh was that huskers and noobs were back together huskers yeah. did get a captain spot for the tournament and uh he picked up noobs uh they did break up but they haven't, and I don't know how much Huskers has really been trying, uh, but they have not been successful in uh trying to find new duos that work for them. Now, uh Noobs did play a tournament with Scummin that Scummin was supposed to play with Gary, but ended up playing with noobs and wanted to do a trial run of it to see if who know, maybe Scummin and Noobs were the hot new thing. Uh, didn't do very well. It doesn't <laughs> seem like they are doing again. I think it's still Scummin and Unrational uh, back together so oscars and noobs you know you can try and break up but somehow you find each other back together once again and uh it was a poor tournament result for them they lost map five to aiden and z smith but that really does not tell the story right they are one of the only teams that got aiden and z to a game five so yes yeah. they got first rounded in this but they lost to the team that won the whole tournament and again aside from super evan and biffle in the grand final only team to take them to that map five so it wasn't a bad showing but uh, I, I don't, where, where do they go from here? Do they just start right. sticking together again?
2: Well, I know it's super funny because, like, I was sitting here thinking, like, you know, we had done some conjecturing of where they could go anyways, and, like, when you start looking at the competitive landscape right now, it's fairly limited unless you're going to take a huge risk, right? Unless you're Aiden, you're going to take a risk on a guy like Z-Smith who had proved himself time and time again and then they became a duo. Like, if you're Huskers and noobs, like, who else could you even go to? Like, it, there's not very many options when it comes to quote unquote big names again i think they should take risks on people like um Skullface, on people like uh mm-hmm. you know sage or whoever where you you duo up with somebody on the smaller side and and let them grind and really prove themselves and they might work with you really well uh but huskers and noobs like split for a second we're like Open to all options I can only imagine their DMs weren't full of the people that they wanted them to be full of And they go nah let's get back together and it was also
0: Right because like so many of these people that they would want to play with is not going to be an option for them unless uh for example i saw unrational tweeting out today like hey i, I need a duo for this thing because scummin can't play in it like unless you have a situation like that where someone like noobs would snap up tommy or almond in a second if one of them couldn't play yeah exactly the exactly, I exactly. It. but i agree it's hard when you're someone like noobs and you are a hot prospect on the market and you're available for pickup but that doesn't mean other potential hot prospects are available for you to play with
2: well i and i think like i mean I, I i like huskers a lot like i don't have anything against him at all uh, huskers is just in a position where he's not going to go pick up somebody small and like take a risk on them necessarily because that's just not really what he does right now he doesn't need to compete he does it for fun right. so like he doesn't want to go out and like play with somebody new and like get a bunch of chemistry with somebody small and then like you know finally start w- winning more right. tournaments often and to be fair it's not like he's not winning right now like he in and Unrational and just won two massive rebirth tournaments back to back right like it's like it's not a it's not like they're not winning but when it comes to 2v2s we haven't seen huskers win in quite some time and so uh he's not gonna take a chance on somebody like a sage but like when you start looking at like the top caldera earners right now like the people that need to have somebody take a chance on them in terms of like big players if they don't do up with somebody else small and just start you know running the tables uh are are the people that i've already mentioned for the most part i mean Mayapo is always floating out there if anybody really wants to start doing with him on 2v2s man's top 11 earned right now on caldera um you've got zamza that's in the conversation inside the top 15 uh, you've got inveiled, you know, give or take, of course, any accusations that have come his way, which mostly unfounded, uh, Skullface is in the top 20, uh, even wars really. I mean, they have consistent players they compete with, but like those are the people that you need to start picking up. If you're trying to split up, if you're Huskers and noobs and look at, I mean, even Stukawaki is, is not really having a consistent duo that, it, it, you know, he's playing with every single time sage top 22, uh, vap's not really playing anymore i mean colors doesn't really compete that often but he's in the top 30 slacks now into the top 30 but plays with a consistent team like those are the names that you need to start targeting but huskers isn't gonna do that there's no way noobs maybe uh but i i neither of them are very um what i'll call it competitive hungry like a like an almond or a Z Smith or even a Jukies is like Juki's took Hasoka under his wing and said, hey, let's run the tables because he knows how talented he is, right? And that's kind of the duo going forward. Should you know EU hosts and things kind of clear up going into the future, and, and Jukies be free and he's not playing with FIFA? Like, I don't know. Those those are the conversations to be had around 2v2s for those duos. It's, yeah, it's just it, ever
0: done a 2v2 before? What'd you say? Have FIFA and noobs ever done a 2v2 before?
2: That's a great question. Uh, off the top of my head, it doesn't sound like a duo that has played together that often, but they have played together in customs. I know that for a fact.
0: I would love to watch FIFA and Noobs.
2: You could have you could uh, have FIFA. Yeah, you have FIFA IGL. He's one of the best IGLs in the game right now and have Noobs play a little bit more aggressive, maybe. Uh, I, Noobs isn't a hyper-aggressive player. I think FIFA needs a hyper-aggressive player to compete with, which is why he and Jukies ran the tables for so long from the EU side of things, but I, I don't mind it either.
0: I think... Here's the thing is basically... Um... I I think that Noobs and Huskers face a situation that I find similar to Joeo and Breadman's situation it, specifically in two v2s. not not anything else that involves trios, quads, whatever. specifically in 2 v2 kill races. Um I think they are a very good duo together. I just don't think that those duos, aside from maybe the off chance we'll ever consistently find wins together specifically in the 2v2 format yeah 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 Uh, then the question becomes i also don't think that there is a viable alternative for huskers or noobs that is drastically better uh or an upgrade for them uh of free agents if you will so noobs wants to find someone else Huskers they're all happy with doing that whatever but They don't have, uh, I think, alternatives that are objectively better than each other. Um, The alternatives that would be better are not available to them because they're already in set duos. So, or
2: or not consistently, or not consistently available.
0: And this is the thing these guys want consistency, right? They do not want to be playing hopscotch and seeing, oh, which square do I land on today? Oh, that's going to be my. They want a set person. So, do they just get back together like yeah. I, it's, it's a tough position because i think they they did this test where uh they went their separate ways and i think both of them um may be a bit surprised at um the lack of prospects
2: yeah maybe so or just not willing to take the risk like we mentioned kind of yeah. last thought i have on that um this is kind of the the goge you know anal- analyst coming in because we've watched so many 2v2s things that i'm seeing that are successful from the 2v2 side are Um, A, of course, chemistry. So I'm gonna use uh Brolic and exact, for instance. I mean, four and Jace is kind of their third for customs, but those two guys um don't they have similar playstyles, they both play fairly uh consistent, fairly strategic. They don't necessarily like crazy frag out, but they can win two v twos and do really well in two v twos because their Kim is great. Um and Brawlock can take that more aggressive stance when he needs to, and vice versa. Um, Kim is everything. So if you can build Kim with a duo, you can win. It is possible. But the other thing that we see often in two v twos is the ability for a player. Like a Z-Smith to play a bit more of a strategic and stay-alive game while fragging out and getting kills along the way. And then having another person on the other side that plays the hyper aggressive. We can play, we can put unrational and scummon in that mix as well. Scummon fries. He he is very good at surviving, but he plays a hyper aggressive role. Unrational can play a little bit of a slower role to make sure he buys back. The great 2v2 duos, super evident biffle, same kind of circumstance, are the teams that can immediately buy each other back and mitigate the power positions. You and I talked about that on broadcast over mm-hmm. and over and over and over. When I look at noobs and huskers, I see two players that can get a lot of kills when they need to but i don't see hyper aggressive fly around the map players and i also don't like see or hear fantastic really aggressive comms where both players are backing each other up and like uh you know one player is like playing that igl role and telling the other person we do this we do this we do this and you follow it without question at the later later half of the game again in two intuitive you don't have to communicate all that much but the hyper success the hyper-successful 2v2 teams have one of those two aspects. Insane chemistry or perfect weaknesses and strengths together, if that makes sense. Um, and, and so if you're looking to succeed in the 2v2s, you need to find somebody that complements you well um, so that you can be successful. Or you need to just grab somebody and just ride or die and work on it for the next six to eight months, basically, to, to have a chance at winning some of these events. That, that's the way it seems from our perspective, at least.
0: Well, right. And it's it's just hard, too, because I think for them, uh, there are maybe slimmer pickings than they thought there would be uh, if they started looking for a new duo. And on top of that, not only were there uh, maybe not uh, non-ideal options available to them, but committing to attempting to kind of build that chemistry with someone is uh it it can be really risky right because how many tournaments how many opportunities how much money are you willing to lose yeah right determine whether or not that duo is gonna work. And by lose, I mean, how many tournaments are you willing to go into accepting that you're probably not gonna win on the foundation that you're trying to build uh, the synergy and chemistry of this duo that you're testing on. And a lot of these players don't even wanna take that risk, right? They, They don't even want to put themselves in a scenario where they might not win the tournament because they're working on winning future tournaments with someone. Everyone wants to get the duo that they can believe that they can win in that tournament with right now um so uh, it, it's hard like where do they go from here honestly i i would think that they would just start playing together again i don't know and maybe be kind of putting out feelers in the meantime um i wonder if it's more of a position of hey get back together um with the understanding that you want to find different partners and have those dm conversations with people while you still have that set duo i don't sure. know but yeah, i or, think it's a tough
2: position for them yeah or or have uh, you know really noobs maybe break out of his shell and go yo fly fly and like let's try a slightly different play style like or or really just you know from our perspective we can only conjecture from their perspective they can go back and watch vods and say okay why are we losing some of these is it unlucky is it we're not making the right rotations are we not getting enough kills like what are the things that are actually limiting limiting us and let's build from there those two players probably aren't doing a ton of VOD reviewing for 2v2s, right? Like they've been playing for so long that it's like second nature to them. You might need to with Caldera, right? It changed up their flow. They were winning a ton in Verdansk and they're not winning as much in Caldera. So what do we need to change to win in Caldera? There's probably some key factors to that. So something to think about for sure, but a a lot of fun to conjecture about. We'll do a lot more conjecturing about duos and teams and stuff, especially as the competitive scene continues to grind. Hey, and that's the value value proposition for Twitter tournaments as well. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. go practice and play in those in order to uh, gain chemistry but katie i think we hit most of our topics for today i had a blast talking to z smith i had a blast kind of hearing his story where he's thinking he will go next uh any kind of like final thoughts before we close this thing out
0: final thoughts um not really i mean honestly um i i know that it's Podcast was delayed this week, but um so glad that we got it in. I think uh spent everything he said, um, really valuable. Uh guys, again, just to let you know. As we saw Darth in chat, we will have the VOD live presumably tomorrow with everything all t- time stamped out, all nice and pretty for you. Um, but no, we've got a lot more Warzone ahead of us, still two more days of the Joe Woe tournament. Uh got some other goodies in the works, but um super excited about it. And as always, guys, um, if you have suggestions, people you want to on the podcast please don't hesitate to uh let us know
2: yeah absolutely you can uh hit us up on twitter right now it is grandmaster goge on twitter as spelled out as all actually all of my socials are grandmaster goge and for katie it is worlds bedford on twitter and instagram and katie bedford on youtube and twitch go check out our streams as well she's a killer league player but i, I think that's oh. all we've got uh look i had a blast Katie, thanks for joining me, as always. Thank you again to Smith for joining us on the podcast. Excited uh, to bring on some more guests. We have some very fun, exciting guests to bring on in the next couple episodes, so stay tuned for that. And like Katie mentioned, we have a lot more wars than we're casting today. Katie and I have probably the busiest month ever, by the way, uh, we'll casting together as a duo this month, which is so fun, and we're casting all types of different titles. So thanks for supporting us in our endeavors uh, together, casting podcast. otherwise um and excited to continue to grow thanks for 50 subs on the youtube if you guys are listening via audio you guys have been showing us support on spotify itunes write reviews uh, do all the good things for us over there so that we can continue to grow the pod and if you're a sponsor looking to sponsor us you know hit us up on all the twitters and socials um last thing for me a uh, big update coming to warzone earnings as soon as either tonight or tomorrow stay tuned for that you're gonna be able to see verdance rebirth earnings all of that good stuff that everybody's been waiting for um excited about those updates as well i think that's all i've got though hey thanks for joining us uh we'll see you guys next week on wednesday i believe with a new guest so stay tuned see you guys later peace